0: With and Billy. Healing with Raymond and Billy.
1: Healing with Raymond and Billy.
0: Healing with Raymond and Billy. Healing with Raymond and Billy.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Healing with Raymond and Billy. Um, this is episode 11, and our last episode of this series, actually. So it was originally supposed to be 12, but we ended up streamlining a couple of meridians into one episode. So we, we we tightened up the journey a little bit. Um, this episode is actually recorded, um, this conversation um, is happening several months after the last one. So we we kind of recorded a bunch of conversations last fall, um, And then the idea was to kind of trickle them out the second half of the series this spring. Um, And in the course of me doing some editing, I, I came across our episode on the liver and I accidentally had... Um, a microphone effect plugged into my mixing board, so my my half of the recording was like was like a, was like an ELO concert with like a flanger effect, like and so I figured that that would be really hard to listen to for a whole hour. Like I almost considered saving it, but then I just thought um, I'm gonna reach out to Billy James and we'll talk about the liver again because we can talk about the liver. So. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Um, So let's talk about the liver. So last last week, or last episode, excuse me, um, we introduced the wood element, and we talked about the gallbladder, which is the the yang half of the wood element. So now we're coming to the liver, which is the yin element. Um, The liver hours are between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. This is basically when it's a good time to be sleeping. It's a good time for us to be sleeping and for all of our blood, a lot... I learned that uh, the way that the looking at the cycles of the body, that that's when a lot of the blood in our body goes to the liver to be filtered during that time and is stored in um, the liver does a lot of storing of our blood. Um, so we talk a lot, we've talked a lot about in this a lot in the series about how there's the liver organ and then the liver meridian and how sometimes there's things that are very similar in some, things don't seem related at all. Um, And I definitely feel like this is a meridian and an organ that there's um, a lot of overlap between some of the Western ideas and some of the Eastern um, ideas. Um, uh, Let me, I'll do a little map of where the the liver is before I, I throw it to billy Janes. but so the the gallbladder meridian as you may remember goes down so if you think about wearing a pair of pants or a pair of leggings that have seams that go down the side the outside and inside of your leg the gallbladder was kind of going down the outside seam and your liver kind of comes up that inside seam um, of your pants so right in the middle of the leg it starts at the is it the top of the big toe or the first toe
0: yeah it's the big toe like, oh that's um, right yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So the sort of um, outer corner, right. Cause spleen is the inner. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So like the, the top of your big toe, that's next to your toe, not the, that's what I mean by the inner part. And then it kind of comes up to between the bones of your big toe and your first toe. If you kind of follow that top of your foot and you feel the V of those those uh, tarsals and metal tarsals, as they come together, you often can feel a sort of a sensitive area there. That's liver three, and that's a big point that um, gets used a lot in ac- uh, acupuncture with moxa. I also use it in shiatsu as well. Um, so then it it starts at the top of the foot, but then it comes around the ankle to the side, up that seam that I talk about, all the way up to the pelvis, just to the side of kind of where your genitals are, And right around where it gets to the belly button is when it kind of shoots out to the side of your ribs. So basically where your actual liver is, which is on the right side of your body, um, but if you kind of... If you put your fingers like on your ribs and then you kind of get down towards the bottom of your ribs where it starts to connect with the diaphragm, those are where that that liver meridian and that liver point is. So you only have one liver on your right side, but your liver meridian goes on both sides. So you do have liver meridian points on both sides of your body. Um, And the liver, I feel like whenever, I always joke that if you go to an acupuncturist that there's only two diagnoses that an acupuncturist gives you, and it's <laughs> liver stagnation or cheese, cheese spleen deficiency, or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's not totally true, but those are very very common um, uh-huh. diagnoses. <laughs> right, yeah, oh yeah. Um, talk to me about the the liver. What, it, what what do you think of with the liver? How do, how do you describe the liver to your patients?
0: You know I. I generally kind of talk about how liver has a, a very close connection with our nervous system. And if you look at the liver as we do in um, in our training, uh, we talk about it as being the wood element. It's like a tree. And with the tree, it has the roots that dig into the earth um, in order to get nourishment um, and when it has proper nourishment, the tree becomes very strong. It's able to remain upright. It can feed the the leaves and the branches that come out from it. Very similar to our nervous system, if it has proper uh, nourishment from minerals and nutrients uh, from our diet, um, and also from kind of a nourishing environment, it's able to. Uh, you know, kind of regulate itself and do what it needs to do um, in order to keep the body's processes uh, kind of flowing smoothly, you know, digestion going nicely, um, you know, regulating our emotions, things like that, and and how those uh, regulation of our stress kind of impacts our hormones and how that impacts uh, the menstrual cycle and other sleep cycles and things like that. Um so the metaphor of the element being wood or a tree matches very closely even you know diagrams of our nervous system it very much looks like roots from a tree um and so that's kind of how i conceptualize and talk about uh the liver with my patients and that the idea behind the liver is it's this general who works for the emperor and the job of the general, if you're going to use you know these traditional ideas of a structure of this kingdom, um, the emperor being the heart, is that the general goes around and makes sure that everything within the kingdom with the troops who are going out is handled very smoothly, um, and that that smoothness uh, means that the things are working properly. When things start stagnating and seizing, you know, that's that whole cramping of the system. Um, and so the liver is really about trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Like, that's the liver's job. Um, and so it becomes kind of in this this medicine a, a way of trying to get things to, you know, we've talked to throughout this whole journey about the transformation of these elements into each other, how they're connected. And, and so the liver is really important facilitating that. Um, so that's a lot of kind of why when you go to an acupuncturist, you'll probably get liver qi <laughs> stagnation as your diagnosis because we live in a modern world that is not really set up for us to naturally kind of exist without some sort of taxing, stagnation on our on our systems
1: yeah yeah um i feel like the uh, like the liver is responsible for like the smooth flow of chi and the smooth mm. flow of blood is something that i, I remember lectures or it just it's a phrase that comes up a lot so when you you when you were talking about it i was remembering that um, and I guess in the Western equivalent, because I've also heard the metaphor of the liver is like the general manager. So if we're, we're going to move it into the Western <laughs> business corporate like metaphor or whatever, but that same thing is that there's the, the the general manager who actually like makes sure the office is running. So it's everything yeah. from making sure all the different departments are funded, and making sure there's pens, and making sure the paychecks go <laughs> out, and all the different things like that. Um, and so. Uh, it, it because it it does have sort of a hand in everything, so to speak. Um, uh, I was looking at this this flowchart in this this article that was kind of comparing liver and TCM and liver in Western medicine. And in the Western, the liver is connected to our nerves, it's connected to our endocrine system, it's also connected to our immune network. So it has a piece of the nervous system. It plays a part in the endocrine, the digestive system, because of the releasing of bile to help us digest fats. It has a role in the circulatory system because of the storing of blood. And it has a role in the reproductive system because of the delivery of um, hormones and things like that. So Billie Jane's referenced uh, coming up with a lot of cycle, menstrual cycles, blood cycles, things like that. So that's another um a great tool that I think it gets used a lot for people who are having to deal with hormone regulating hormones in their bodies which is kind of all of us we all have hormone cycles in our bodies Mm -hmm. that we're regulating and are in danger of of becoming dysregulated um and so when we talk about stagnation um I've probably talked about this in other episodes but There's a lot of different ways you can get stoppage and stagnation in in the body. And so sometimes it can come from something physically blocking a channel, um, which then the if flow can't go through it or go around it, but you can also be deficient in a channel, deficient of energy, deficient of blood, deficient of whatever. So sort of like how if you have a creek, you can have something, a tree fall across the, tree, the a creek and, and block it and cause the river to spill out or things like that. But you could also just have um, the creek starts to dry up and so as the creek gets lower and lower then suddenly water isn't really flowing like a creek it's just kind of sitting in pools among the rocks so that's a different way you can kind of have stagnation well so you can have excess stagnate can lead to stagnation and deficiency can also lead to stagnation um i think i was reading when i i was joking before we hit record about I feel like I always have to have the the Lonnie Jarrett <laughs> Nourishing Destiny book next to me, along with a couple other texts, even if I um, don't always get to reading reviewing them before the conversation. <laughs> but I was I, I I was um, reading last night about uh, the little section on the, the the liver official and and the metaphor that he uses is talking about the liver's job is also a sort of a big picture job right so it's sort of seeing all the systems and making sure they all work together and so if you're running at full speed and suddenly a wall appears in front of you and you run into it the liver's job is to actually take a step back and size up the wall and figure out how it got there figure out how to move around it how can we go through it all that stuff to do that sort of assessment but if we have excess liver energy, then we may end up just like running into the wall repeatedly. Like, why is this wall here? Why is this wall here? Why does <laughs> just keep trying to run through it? Um, if we have liver deficiency, a deficiency in that liver energy, we might hit the wall, get knocked to the ground, and then just feel totally demoralized and be like, oh, I can't. This always happens. There's always a brick wall that's being thrown up in front of me and I can't handle another one. And so that person is just kind of stuck and lying on the ground. But in both of these scenarios, ultimately the result is the same, which is that the person is stuck. So whether they're stuck and repeatedly hitting the wall, or whether they're stuck and lying down in front of the wall, either way, they're not going through the wall. <laughs> so <clears throat> that that's also what we talk about, that you can have sort of two different scenarios that lead to the same symptoms you can have two different sort of like pattern imbalances that lead to the same symptoms or or why some people might have the same symptoms but their treatment needs to be different because you're going to treat the person who has excess who's maybe frustrated beating their head against the wall repeatedly they might need different medicine to help them um, take a step back and to sort of see the situation versus the person who's flat down and been knocked out they're going to need different medicine as well um, so I kind of, I liked that, that way of thinking of the story thinking about pattern differentiation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the liver is connected to a lot of the eyes in the body um, and also tendons. That's the other thing that comes up a lot. Um, and so, and, and nails, which is interesting because a lot of times if you do have liver disease, it does actually show up in the fingernails in Western medicine. We talk about that as well. Um, so those are kind of ways that it, it manifests, um, other different ways, li- li- other, other parts of the systems of the body that liver is in control of is what I'm trying to say. Um,
0: yeah, some of that too is, um, some of the ways we talk about how the liver, um, helps with circulation. And if we have a lot of stagnation in the core of our body, we'll have a lot of heat, um, in maybe our torso or, you know, some, something like that, but then we'll have really cold hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, our fingernails might turn a little bit blue or, or, um, you know, white from lack of circulation if they get cold. Um, and you know, from a, I think from like a, I like to also talk about the liver from a, uh, an experiential, standpoint uh which is more of perhaps like a somatic view that our experience of our body um, sometimes these channels can kind of point to the ways that our emotions kind of interact with our body too and the ways that the energy kind of moves Mm -hmm. um and so that the channel too if you're sitting here listening and being like wtf like why is the channel in the foot and going up the leg and the crotch and <laughs> beyond talking about like the functions of the liver, how it, you know, regulates hormones and um, deals with, you know, uh, circulation, those kinds of things. Um, also like the way that, you know, talking about the eyes, the way that the energetics of emotion um, and that being tied to, the liver how they move in our body sometimes you know the ways that we experience the movement of emotion will be like for example anger being tied to the liver um will come up and be expressed in the eyes uh red eyes and that kind of upwards energetic movement um which i'm I'm sure i'm jumping ahead i'm sure that was coming up next
1: no that's good you were right on time i was i was thinking like after billy after billy talks we should talk about what emotion is associated with the liver so you transition <laughs> good to- <laughs> i know it's true and also i was just thinking about like seeing seeing red how we have these ideas of like yeah of metaphors connected to anger and that suddenly like um it, we, we feel like blinded, blinded by rage when all that anger rises up really fast and it's really hot. Um, mm-hmm. It feels very hot in our head and around our ears, or around our eyes, excuse me. I mean, maybe around our ears too. And like I was thinking about the cartoon, like Bluto, the scene coming down. <sighs> totally. <laughs> <You> know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's also, um, um, you know, it's interesting because anger is a very useful emotion, Um, anger is what communicates that our boundaries have been crossed. And because the liver is sort of a general and is sort of a generalist as far as being in touch with all the systems in the bodies, that's why it can be the first to sort of sound the alarm and say, hey, someone is crossing, someone or something is crossing a boundary in this system. Um, And, you know, red alert. So that's sort of thinking about anger as being just sort of a security or an alarm system or just a notification. It doesn't even have to be like an emergency. It can just be a notification like, Hey, by the way, the fence is open and rabbits are coming in and eating your garden. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a, to- that's a topical metaphor because all of us are, who are new time and <laughs> the first time gardeners are having to deal with all the different things coming for, uh-huh. our, for our plants. But, um, so, but so, Anger doesn't have to, I think a lot of times anger gets a bad rap, right? It's like, we shouldn't be angry. We're always trying to, you know, and um, and I think what, what we actually have more of a crisis is, is not is not really, is an imbalance of anger. Like we're too angry about some things and not angry about us. And we definitely don't have enough um, dispersing and a releasing in a way to sort of channel it. Um, but there's just, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be part of, it's part of our sort of, um, being, being in a body where the boundaries between us and the outside world are a little permeable, you know, and that we are sort of existing in these, these gray spaces. And so sometimes we need to say, Hey, too much, or, Hey, I need more or things like that. And that sort of determination can come from the liver. And so there's a, there's a part of the, um, in one of the ancient texts that talks about, that gets quoted a lot, that says, like, anger, the liver is damaged. And so people often will translate that as, like, don't be angry because you're hurting your liver. And that always frustrates me because I, it's the other way around. It's saying, no, maybe the reason this person is being quick to anger is because they have something going on in their, in their liver right now. Um, And so rather than like blaming the person for being angry or for expressing anger and then somehow turning it around to um, that, I mean, for for me, I heard that message a lot and and anger is something that I never really learned how to express in sort of a healthy, balanced way. And so I was always sort of striving to not be anger. Like I could see the danger it caused. I could see I was scared of it. While um, I was also sort of always attracted to people who were clearly very angry, but didn't seem dangerous to me. So, so like, people who were maybe very passionate, who spoke very passionately, and were clearly very, maybe angry about an injustice. Like, those people I was always very drawn to, because yeah. that is actually a healthy expression of anger. Like they see a boundary has been crossed. Something should be done about it. Perhaps this is a a boundary in society has been crossed. And so it's our responsibility to sort of speak up and tell people this is a problem. Like warning, alert, a boundary has been crossed in our social fabric in the family or within the community. And we need to address this. Um, So that has always, I was drawn to that versus just the more sort of like simmering rage, anger, that um, I was exposed to a lot that was mostly more frustration. Like people were frustrated that I did something wrong or frustrated I didn't wasn't doing things the way they wanted. Um, and that sort of like, that sort of hot expression, explosive anger um, always made me sort of nervous. And of course I inherited that. I mean, I have that same, like, <laughs> I mean, we're human. We all have that to a certain yeah. extent, but I also see within myself, but I, I what I'm starting to realize is that like, that if you don't have the healthy expression of anger and if you don't know how to sort of communicate your boundaries in calm, but firm ways, then that, that's sort of what I think of as like the hot, sticky explosive anger comes up more often. Like that's sort of your default versus just maybe something that sometimes comes up because you're human. Um, what, what's your relationship yeah. to anger? Billy
0: I think it's, um, I, I really loved what you were saying because I relate to it a lot. Um, I think for me as a person of color and I think many marginalized groups experience this when you exist in a world where (laughs) there are injustices being done to, uh, you know, people like you, Um, you know, we see this a lot with what's happening with the murders of trans women of color um we see and and the lack of response to it, we mm-hmm. see this with um, just the a lot of different things that are happening around the borders, um, with our siblings you know being held in concentration camps and mm-hmm. a lot of the injustices that happen that a, as you are aware, you know, as Baldwin talks about that, being a relatively conscious Negro means that you're angry all the time, you do begin to become aware that anger is a part of your life um, and how to live with it. I, I think a lot of my experience has been, especially being part of a healers groups, that spiritual bypassing um, is a way that a lot of people myself included have used to be able to avoid anger um by labeling anger as a bad emotion yeah um something that means that there is something wrong with you that you experiencing anger means that you're not a spiritual person um that if you were a spiritual person you wouldn't have anger you would be in bliss all the time um I, I, the idea of being in bliss all the time, I think, is very attractive and very seductive. Uh, But there's a groundedness and a realness that anger brings. That is, I think, what I'm also attracted into, uh, attracted to in people is the realness of that anger. Um, It tells you that you are real, that you do have a boundary, that there. Is not only a spiritual world in which things are fluid, but that there is a physical world that is an extension or a spectrum of that world, um, and that we exist in both places simultaneously. Um, And that piece, I feel like, is the benefit of anger, but it it took me a long time to get there to really kind of understand that anger was a useful emotion, that when it rose up in me, it was about it was a messenger about boundaries yeah. um, for me to pay attention to. It was a friend. Um, but what I had done for a long time was kind of push it into the shadows. Like, yeah. oh, I, I shouldn't be feeling that. Oh, oh no, what is this? Uh, but I think a, a big part for me has been about befriending it and learning about how it feels inside of my body. Um, and so that even if I'm in a moment where I become essentially numb, because I'm somehow triggered or um, don't know what's happening, I can tap into kind of what is happening inside of my body and recognize, oh, this is anger, or this is at least the pattern that looks like or feels like anger to me. And then that helps me kind of be like, oh, anger, boundaries. Um, And that really has been kind of a big... I think evolution for me personally, in terms of becoming more of a, a real person, mm-hmm. um, which has kind of always been my goal, because I've looked up to people who have been passionate um, and who have had this anger that has been very constructive and kind of wondered what what was the secret. And um, I'm finding more and more that like their anger moves them to do things that are constructive Um, and so that's kind of been like how I have uh, learned to to relate with anger in a, a way that has been healthier for me
1: yeah that anger is a it's a surge of energy that the like coming up through the liver and what what do we do with it and I think when we're scared of it being uh, dangerous or we're scared of that energy being violent or invasive or any of that, um, then we almost swing the pendulum too far and it becomes like, we'll just shut it away, shut it away. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, if you, when you first start working with it, if you're someone who's been relatively calm and not seen as an angry person for your whole life, um those people, we, we, we can still suffer from anger management problems too. We are not immune. (laughs) Like I think we have this idea of people who have quote unquote anger management, as far as needing, needing to work with their own sensation of anger in the body. We always think about these um, extreme example of someone who is, you know, sort of yelling or, or violent or, or, or having a lot of outbursts and they can't control it. And that is certainly one way it manifests. But I also think that there's a way that there's a way that people they're, depression kind of originates in the liver so thinking about that story of the person who hits a wall and instead of repeatedly running against it they just collapse and they just fall down and they're like nope i'm done i can't like my my liver the manager quits like i'm done i'm done with this place Send me my last paycheck i'm taking this plant and this monitor and i'm out of here um and i i'm sure that there's um right now during this time is a very challenging time for our livers because, um, our liver is a system creates and runs the systems. And a lot of our systems have been disrupted, right? A lot of our uh, systems in the body, our routines. Um, there's a lot of boundary crossing right now because we've lost a lot of our boundaries, the boundary between home and work and home and school and all the different roles that we play with each other. Um, So uh, I think that the the liver is probably getting quite a a workout with all of us right now. And also that sense of um, being able to step back and see a way through the problem. Um, I don't think a lot of us really feel really confident in that right now, you know, because there's Mm -hmm. not an obvious way through this problem. It's a little bit, it is a little bit of a time for us to collectively sit back stunned. Like we all ran into the wall of... Mm -hmm. COVID-19 like you know, I mean like this is a global pandemic so whatever whatever thing we were all carrying on top of it and now suddenly like everything has kind of been exploded and scattered and so some people are still trying to push through and just sort of act like nothing's happened some people have sort of collapsed on the ground and have no idea what to do next Um, a lot of people are trying to size it up and come up with different solutions and um, and it's you know all of that is is just is going to keep happening. That's not, there's no, there's no wrong. None of them are are, are totally right. None of them are totally wrong. They're just happening. They're all just happening simultaneously. Yeah. Um, So if you are feeling more irritable and more prone to anger right now, that's totally fine. Um, It's good to just uh, give your liver a break in some ways, which is to make sure that you're, all of your systems, like you're getting enough rest, you're getting enough, um, that liver time between 1 and 3 a.m. Make sure that you're actually, you know, getting some rest and you're not just laying awake scrolling your phone to see if anything has changed and whatnot. Um, yeah. To check in with yourself around, uh, you know, that are, are you doing too much? Because everything that feels like what you might be able to have been able to accomplish in the past is, you know, we're not going to necessarily have the same reactions right now, you know. Um, there's a lot of things that we, I feel like I have been trying, I try and, uh, learn a lot about how my body reacts to things. And, um, and of course there, there are ways that I, and there are plenty of, there's still plenty I need to learn and there's still plenty I don't know, but I feel like just even sometimes the little bit that I did know just kind of has been thrown out the window, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's a good time, but it's a good time to humble yourself and remember that, the hu- like human beings have survived things like that, this in the past. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in this like weird flippant way, like, let's just keep on going. <laughs> I mean, more like, while we're staying home and taking this seriously, perhaps I should read some stories about people in history who have survived these things. So more about uh, thinking about that as a way of humbling yourself and as a, a way to sort of looking, for me, I need sort of inspiration. I I want some inspiration from people who have kind of been through this before. And there's not a lot of people around me who have been through this before, but there might be some accounts and books written a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, and those people might have some wisdom to share. So I've been trying to kind of do a mix of like, uh, you know, I want to read about what all my scientists and doctor and healthcare friends Are writing and posting and researching and all that stuff but i also need to sometimes like put the pendulum in the other way and think about like okay what what have people always done to take care of themselves in times like this
0: yeah i love that i think um that really ties in in a large way to this hero's journey that we've kind of been going over in which the liver is the last stop, the liver gallbladder, like the last stop on that kind of loop, which is essentially the return back home from our journey. Like what have we kind of gathered along this path that we've been on? And then how do we take this information and then give it back to our community? Or how have other people who have been through this take how have they taken that information and given us something to be able to use. Um, so I love that idea of really tapping into historical accounts or you know speaking with elders or other people in our um, in our communities kind of about how 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 do you get through times like these um, or or um, what tools are you using to be able to, navigate this or calm your nervous system um i think that's that's really a a wise way of of kind of making sure that we're also not isolating during this grieving process because i think it's really easy when we we do grieve to be to get stuck in different places on that that you know cycle um Or not cycle, but you know the different places that you can be as you grieve because it's not a linear process. But like you know, in this situation, getting kind of anchored in anger, um, and and uh, and collapsing because the it can be really overwhelming. Um, we were just little people um, in a large kind of framework that we we aren't able to. Even our anger can't necessarily match up against the overwhelming power of it sometimes. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Like tapping into that energy for yourself to fuel yourself and to fuel, um, the sort of larger purpose that drives you in life, but to not, to not take on too much. And, uh, um, yeah. yeah to, to remember, I know, think about your your imagery of the tree in the beginning of like, we're, Reaching down into the roots and and, hmm. and pulling up that that is what I was thinking about while you were talking. Um, I liver. We haven't talked a little bit about some of the the the. We talked about the emotion, but the flavor and liver herbs. I mean, we, spring wood is all about like spring things. So things that nurse the liver are a lot of like spring greens and greens and bitter herbs and sour mm-hmm. um, is kind of the taste that often gets associated with it. So vinegars are very much um, a good thing for stimulating liver function and getting, mm-hmm. getting that balance in the body. i um, thinking about you were talking about the, the hero's journey. And I, that makes me think about the major arcana in the tarot and how mm. um, thinking about that as a circle. So the, the fool yeah. is the zero card and then you come around to the world, but the card that comes after the world is the fool. So we're always kind of cycling around. So we come home. <laughs> you know, from the hero's journey, having learned new things, but then often often that means like, okay, now we're, now we're going to be ready to take the next journey, but we, the next journey is informed by the one that we just came on and we take all that, that knowledge and information with us, just like the sort of five element cycles with uh, the tree growing up and, and things like that. The wood, wood to fire, to earth, to metal, to water, to wood, to fire earth to metal to water to wood it, the cycle just keeps keeps on going keeps on going
0: and that's the brilliance of like the overlay with the tarot with the hero's journey with the five elements is that you know in in like the the taoist perspective of the liver the reason why we've done it in this way is that the last stop on the the road of of like um enlightenment is that you learn how to use your anger in a constructive way for the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that like overlay of this healing journey of, you know, through all of the processes and the emotions we've talked about here of grief with the lung, et cetera, et cetera, as we've moved through all of these different emotions, none of them are in themselves wrong or bad, but they are parts of what propels us um, in the healing journey, uh, to reach a place where we can be our full authentic selves, a whole, um, and, you know, anger being part of that, um, and this kind of wholeness of our nervous systems being an important thing to nourish, I think is just like a beautiful way of kind of like ending these conversations about you know the healing journey
1: yeah and that you know we sort of are concluding this this series um while while the old world is falling away and a new world is coming up that yeah. <laughs> we don't know what that new world is going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it feels uh i feel um hopeful that uh one, that I have you, Billy Janes, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. that, and that we have um, all of y'all who have been listening to this podcast, and we have all the people and the friends and family in our life who have been very supportive of us in both this career and this project. Um, it's been, yeah. I think, really helpful for me. Um, and especially it's been good to kind of come back and talk with you uh, since, you know, I haven't, you've, you've been doing some telehealth, I know, with clients, but I haven't really seen any clients since, uh, mid-March. So I definitely have a lot of, I have a lot of excess pent-up, um, healing energy <laughs> as far as, <laughs> as far as, you know, I haven't been able to express this. I haven't been able to, to, you know, yeah. to, I mean, obviously I'm thinking about it every day in, in terms of my own personal body, but it's, it's, it's nice to take a step back and, take a step back from the brick wall and think about the the larger systems and things like that um i get oh one more thing before we go i don't want to miss the last time to introduce billy's herbal corner
0: do you, wait do you, do you have any herbs oh. for delivery? <laughs> yeah i mean i think um i think the last time we talked about the last recording we talked about this i i believe that I probably talked about oat straw as being a really helpful uh, thing for the nervous system because it's packed with so many minerals um, that when you make an infusion of it, which is basically a really strong tea that steeps for four hours and cools, um, it is really calming for the for your nervous system, but it also tonifies or adds um, all of those minerals to your nervous system so that it can not shake like a tree in the wind, but that it can be really firm and nourished. Um, And, you know, now the world has changed a bit and having access to herbs online or in stores, is different. You can't just, uh, you know, order from mountain rose herbs because which by the way, we're not getting any money from them. I'm just mentioning it because it's, (laughs) The cheapest, <laughs> and it's organic, and so I'm just mentioning it. Um, but if they want to sponsor us, hey, um, <laughs> uh, you can't just order them because they're on like a one to two week back order because of you know things. So um, my my recommendation right now is that if you have the ability to be able to clip um, any mint or lemon balm. Uh, which is in the mint family, from any of your neighbors um, and be able to put them in water, the you know tear up the leaves from uh, the bottom of the clipping um, for about an inch or two and then soak it in water for a couple of weeks. It'll develop a root system and then you can replant that in some soil. Uh, lemon balm is wonderful for anxiety, um, and it's good for headaches and a digestion. Um, anything in the mint fa- family is going to be really great for anxiety and digestion. And I think that those could be really supportive right now. Um, and they're very accessible and they grow pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and So that would be kind of my herbal corner moment
1: they almost mint can almost grow too too much so if you're like like we we have it in our yard which is amazing but i can't like sometimes i just have to beat it back with the weed whacker because there's so much of it yes but um but that's a good problem to have so if anyone's in western north carolina and needs some mint come email us and i'll hook you up Oh my gosh! Well, Billy James, thank you for um, taking some time out to uh, fix my mistake and talk about the liver again, <laughs> and to um, and for also doing this this uh, this conversation and this this labor of love, this podcast with me. Um, it's always been a joy, and it's great to have an excuse to have to to talk to you on a regular basis. And you have some podcast projects in the works potentially as well, right? Some future I, podcast goals.
0: I do. <laughs> we'll see. I've learned so much from you. And I am I'm so grateful to, you know, have this opportunity to spend this time with you. It's really been the highlight of what the last year that we've been Doing this, I look yeah, I forward. Pretty
1: steadily, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I've been. It's. I really am grateful for this, and it's made something really grow in me about what I can do to support our community and what that looks like for me. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the podcast thing I'm working on.
1: Yeah, awesome. I mean. We'll, we'll we'll be doing doing some stuff. You're at you're at uh, your website's janesacupuncture.com com, yep. right? And you have and you're on Instagram, Billy James LAC. Is
0: that mm-hmm. right?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, I'm at Mountains and Shiatsu on Instagram. I'm also on Purple Fluorite Music on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I do all the music for the show and and um, I don't I don't I don't know. I feel like part of me is like I'm not going to do another podcast, and I'm probably going to make another podcast. <laughs> I mean, I have this microphones, so. <laughs> <Right? laughs> but I might go back to music. I don't know. I might do yeah. like, I might go back. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my radio roots and I might just do a show that's kind of mostly music with a little bit of talking and things like that, rather than a lot of talking. Um... All right. So we appreciate all of y'all who've been yeah. listening to every episode. Thank you so much. Um, keep in touch. Uh, we would love to hear from you any thoughts that you have and, uh, share it with any, share the podcast with anyone out there that you think would also benefit. Um, we try to keep, we try and keep the episode semi evergreen mixing in some topical things as well, but just cause we knew that, uh, We wanted to have this be a resource available to people in our community for a while. So um, we will look forward to seeing more of y'all out in the world, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other. Any other final words of wisdom you wanna share, Billy James?
0: I think that we just love all of you. And that's what this work has been about. And um, yeah, we would love to hear from you how you're doing. And um, if you have any questions, but yeah, we we love you. And I love you, Raymond.
1: <laughs> and I love
0: you, Billy James.
1: <laughs> and we love this work and we we love the love of this work. So. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening. And see.
0: <laughs> so it's love.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm like blushing. <laughs> <laughs>